Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to Rock Video Rental. I am Brandon, and returning again is Caleb. And we are going to be continuing on with the awesomely bad month. Uh, we're going to do a little wrap up of Manos to Hands of Fate since Caleb was absent the last time. And then we're going to be jumping into Birdemic Shock and Terror. But before we do that, uh, Caleb, what have you been watching? I actually had something to contribute last week, so I get to <gasps> share it this week. I was going to um, say you had two weeks to share. I know, right? Uh, I made a horrible mistake. So football is almost done and finished. I mean, there's pro uh, NFL football going on right now, so that's kind of taking up some of my time, but not as much as college used to. So I was just like, all right, let's dive back into movies. And there was one that came across my feed again. I think it came out 2022. Um, there was that indie movie called RRR. Hmm. Do you remember that? No. It's just like super over the top. Like there was like all this, there was this action stuff and like it was just over the top indie, like nonsensical looking movie. So yeah. I was just like, okay, well, whatever. Um, I'll watch it. I did not realize it was like a three hour long movie. Yes. So it took me at least two nights. Maybe it took me three nights. I can't remember. So if you trimmed it down, definitely an entertaining movie. Mm -hmm. um, but it is just super long. Um, but it was it was good. I mean, if you like indie movies, you would probably like it. But uh, just over the top nonsense. I was thinking that would be something that we could maybe talk about for like awesomely bad or something in the future. But I don't know. It's. It's a well done movie and it's entertaining, but it's three hours long. So <laughs> Yeah, it, unnecessarily long, it sounds like. Yeah, they, they tried to cram a lot into one movie. So they they did an okay an okay job with it, but it was a little bit too much. So that was right. that was what I got. But uh oh, actually one thing to else to quickly share. Um, on the video game side of the things, uh, I'm sharing this partially because I don't even know if you know about it, but some of our listeners might. But there's a new game that came out uh, called Pal World. Have you heard of this? I saw a meme comparing that and Pokemon together, and then I looked it up like literally just before we started recording the episode. Okay, it's basically Pokemon with guns. <laughs> And so everybody was freaking out about it, thinking that would be amazing. And it actually is, it's, it's not, I don't know if I would say it's amazing, but it's ex easily addictive and okay. ridiculous fun. Like I haven't even gotten far enough where I can like have guns or give my poke, my, well, they're not Pokemon, but my pals guns, <laughs> but there's all this ridiculous stuff that you can do with it. So everybody's just like, enjoying it and having a good time so right. uh if i get far enough with that and have anything else to share in the coming weeks i definitely will but it's uh it's a free on xbox game pass so uh if anybody's nice. interested in checking out and you have an xbox you can check it out for free rock all right what about uh what about you though um i guess i'll start with my video game front um i'm still playing super mario wonder uh, I don't really get too much time to play, so, but I've played a decent amount of it, and it's just, I love how wacky the game is. Mm -hmm. Like, there's literally one level where you get the, the Wonder Flower, and then it, 
all of a sudden you're floating in a hurricane dodging lightning <laughs> yeah it's it's pretty it's pretty crazy stuff that happens in that game it's i don't know it's just fun it's a nice change to the mario series but um uh, other than that i've been watching the goldberg still uh i think i said last week i watched the whole first two seasons and part of the third <laughs> So I blew through a lot of the Goldbergs last week. Uh, this week I'm almost done with season four, but I can kind of feel like the series going to slip in a little bit. And it's the first two seasons were great of that show. Mm -hmm. And then as it went on, it kind of took a nosedive, especially in the later seasons when uh, the dad quit and they killed him off. And then like that, George Siegel, who played Pops, he, like, he legit died, so they had to get rid of his character. Mm -hmm. And they were, I don't know, the kind of the glue that held the show together. But I also finished watching the the Lifetime interview series with Gypsy Rose Blanchard. But the whole thing with her mom, how she got her boyfriend to kill her mom and everything so she could be free. Um, that was okay. I don't know. It just the more I watch of this, the more I dislike her, and she feels like less and less of a victim. The more you watch and learn about it, how I don't know. She like manipulated this quote unquote boyfriend. She had to do this, and then acts like it was completely his idea. Mm. Yeah, just interesting stuff, but. I also watched today a kind of proto-slasher movie called uh, Savage Weekend. That movie was pretty boring. Um, it had some really like uncomfortable love scenes in it where I'm not quite sure these people weren't actually doing it. Oh, gosh. And one of them was like incredibly, incredibly awkward. Not so much of what's going on in it is that I feel like these two actors were it's almost like they were married. Like they were having a legit. Like love scene. <laughs> but like, I feel like I just walked in on a married couple, like doing it on their anniversary or something. <laughs> it was just really awkward. Like they, it's like the two characters were in love with each other. But it was really uncomfortable. Uh, and then I watched this, uh, video I have on Betamax called Coming Soon which is clips and trailers from 50 of Universal's horror movies and it's um, hosted by Jamie Lee Curtis and I believe it's like from 1983 or 85 something like that but that was pretty interesting they showed like Classic movies like Frankenstein and Dracula, but then some like schlocky movies. So mm. it was it was pretty fun. It was like a cool like background thing to have on. And then other than that, I watched the Detroit Lions win another playoff game, which I never thought I'd say in my life. And now they're going to play in the NFC Championship, which I also never thought I'd see again. <laughs> so, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens this weekend. But. Um, you want to spend a little bit of time talking about Manos? Uh, yeah, I'm sure this you is, had quite a I'm, bit to say and you didn't get to share it. 
Uh, I'm gonna keep it. I'm gonna keep it pretty quick because you covered a good amount and everything, and so I don't want to really rehash too much. Um, but I did have kind of like a question that led in to this movie. There was a there was another awesomely bad movie that we talked about, or that you and I have talked about now on the podcast, and it was something about a guy who did like a monster movie and the monster was added after the filming and he didn't know what it looked like. And he went to the screening and it was so horrible and everything that he left the movie or something. Yeah. What movie is that? That was uh, the giant claw. Okay. All right. So here is, here's a nice, uh, probably one of the biggest things for me to contribute to this is I have no idea why, but for some reason, before I started watching this, I thought that description of that movie was for this movie. (laughs) And so this whole time I'm just like, waiting for this monster thing to show up. I'm like, okay, well, this movie really sucks, but there's there's a really hilarious monster that's going to show up, so I can push through this. <laughs> and because, well, so here's the thing too. The movie actually leads you to think that there's something because of the whole, like, screaming sound that comes from outside the house. Well, yeah. So I was just like, oh, sweet, you know, like, oh, that's the monster. The monster got the dog. Cool, sweet. You know, we're going to see the monster, and it's going to be hilariously bad. This is going to make this movie, like, worth it. I don't know at what point I realized this was not that movie. (laughs) And so my disappointment for this movie was even worse than it should have been because the whole time I had this, like, little bit of hope on being like, oh, you know, there's going to be some hilarious, like, entertainment factor coming in soon. Yeah. And it never came. <laughs> um, So that's my that's my experience with the movie. Uh, that's one of my biggest things to take away is just, like, I had this false sense of hope, like, almost the whole entire time, and that never happened. Um, So, yeah, uh, you covered a lot of stuff. I think... One of the other, one thing that I really wanted to talk about, and I can't remember if you brought it up or not, though, is I I don't have any interest in rewatching this movie. But if I did, I would want to count how many different shots they have of nothing happening. <laughs> like of no one, uh, basically no, nothing being accomplished like okay there's a car driving okay we're looking at somebody's face okay we're looking outside like there were so many different shots and some of them were way drawn out where you're just looking at something and nothing's happening like um i can't remember the guy the the crippled helper hand guy whatever Igor kind of looking dude. Yeah. Um, Gorgon or something like that. Something like that. Yeah. He, there were several times where they just were looking at him and he didn't do anything. (laughs) And that, and those types of things happened so much throughout the movie. So if you didn't, if you heard in my facts and trivia about that guy, that he was like tripping on LSD the whole time. (laughs) I, I I do believe that. 
Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, I have a bunch of other notes a lot. Basically, you touched on most everything, but it's just like, I, I really, really bad. Part of me is ha- was having a little bit of a difficult time processing the movie because we don't watch many movies from the 60s. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just, just horribly done. Like I am not interested in rewatching that movie anytime. So much of it was just like, I know there are going to be lots of things negative that we can say about Birdemic, but Manos, the hands of fate was also like kind of on another level where it was, you didn't even really know and understand exactly what was happening and (laughs) all sorts of mess. So uh, I saw that you gave it a 1.5. I just left it at a flat one because no rewatchability. It's one of those things where if you like awesomely bad movies, actually, actually a quick uh, uh, shout out. Um, Our listener, uh, Jeff already listened to the last episode and commented to our question that shows up on Spotify. Like, have you ever seen it? And he said, no, if you, to Jeff and anyone who listens to that episode or this episode, you have to have an appreciation for awesomely bad movies to watch that one. Like, yeah, you, it's not one where you're just like, oh, I want to watch a random movie. Let's watch Mono's Hands, The Hands of Fate. No, like, if you do not have an appreciation for awesomely bad movies, then just stay away from it because you will feel like it totally just wasted your time. (laughs) It's. I, I had no problem watching it from the aspect of, you know, we do this podcast. And so if people talk about awesomely bad movies or just like terribly made movies and bring that one up, I can say, yes, I've seen that one once. And mm-hmm. that's, that's enough for me. So yeah, one, one out of five for that one. Yeah. I would say that's pretty fair. Um, It's a completely incompetent movie. <laughs> Yeah, like the the concept, like the concept was there. There were some interesting things, but it, it to continue to continue the thread of things. And I think I I'll discuss this with the, this episode as well. Could we have made a better movie? You and I, yes, we absolutely could have. Mm-hmm. Um, even in 1966, we probably could have made a better movie too. So. <laughs> Probably. In 1966, I was negative 20 years old. <laughs> Even if we were dead, we could have made a better movie. Yeah, most likely. So, speaking of incompetent movies, I think it's time to talk about Birdemic Shock and Terror. Just hanging out, hanging out, just hanging out, hanging out with my Birdemic Shock and Terror is from 2010 and is directed by James Gwynn. Uh, the plot is a horde of mutated birds descends upon a quiet town of Half Moon Bay, California. As the death toll rises, two citizens manage to fight back. But will they survive? Birdemic. Uh, the cast we have Alan Ba. Seeing I can I say that as Rod, 
um, Whitney Moore as um, Natalie, Tippi Hedren as Julie McNeil, Janae Castor as Susan, Colton Osborne as Tony, and Patsy Van Edinger as Natalie's mom. Uh, this is a first-time watch for me, and I know it's probably a first-time watch for you. Yeah, and probably a last-time watch. Uh, I was just gonna say, I, I feel like Birdemic's one of those movies you know if you watched it or not. <laughs> You're never gonna think, I don't know, maybe I saw that. Yeah. yeah let's, let's just say it leaves an impact on you. Well, the only thing is, there is a Birdemic 2 that both Rod and Natalie appear in with the same actor-actress, so I mean, I guess you could maybe confuse both of them, because the first one was such a hit, they had to make a second. <laughs> Uh, a movie so good they had to make a sequel. I think mm-hmm. there's also Birdemic Three, but it doesn't have any of the characters in it. Okay. Well, I guess uh, good, good for them. I, I, so I did a little. There is obviously all these people are kind of like actors, actresses that you just don't really know. But uh, yeah. they have gone on and done a few things. Mm-hmm. So, like, um, uh, where does where do you go, Alan? I just want to say Blaha, but I know that's <laughs> Alan Ba. Um, dude was in freaking the Book of Boba Fett. Yeah, I saw he had a, a pretty decent sized um. IMDb filmography. Yeah. He, he's is, in three. Which is shocking. I know. Oh, he is in Birdemic 3. Oh, he is. Okay. Yeah. Which came out last year. Oh, man. Dude, he's in three episodes of The Book of Bo- uh, Boba Fett. Huh. I haven't watched that, so. Uh, it's okay. I but, I mean, that's like, for any aspiring actors out there, that means that there is hope for you. Like if this dude could make <laughs> Birdemic and for him to be able to make it not on to just one, but three episodes of the book of Boba Fett, mm-hmm. that is, that's impressive. I think that's probably the most well-known thing um, that I can see here that he or the Natalie character have been on. Uh, Natalie has a long filmography too. Yeah. So... Yeah, I don't really recognize anything that she's been on. Yeah, because, I mean, honestly, she wasn't horrible. Yeah, she... She was passable. Yes, she definitely was better than Rod. Yeah. So, um, maybe Rod's talent and uh, range and ability have grown. So... uh, By the way, Natalie was in the Angry Video Game Nerd, the movie... Oh, I actually did see that. Maybe that's where I recognized her, because I thought I recognized her. Okay. I didn't spend like too much time looking at her filmography. So she had that she had sense. one movie before Birdemic. Uh Rod had no movies before Birdemic. And it was obvious. Uh, yeah. Rod. I um now I gotta look up the director because actually I didn't do that before this. 
Oh, gosh. So I'm going to start off with saying there's something I really noticed with this movie. Uh, going through and reading some stuff about it. And see if this reminds you of anything. Yeah. So we got this incompetent novice director slash writer who's making a movie in the San Francisco area <laughs> with a guy who is in love with a beautiful blonde woman and it features some of the worst dialogue ever. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, The Room. Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of parallels. This <laughs> is The Room. Uh, oh, gosh. Well, okay. I, I, let me let me start off with this, too, because this is kind of like a, a common thread that I'm doing during the awesomely bad movie months. Could mm. we have made a better movie? Um. Yeah, I mean, this, I don't know. This movie is bad. It's definitely bad, but it is entertaining. Yeah. Like, it. I would say that loosely. (laughs) Yeah. In in the way that, you know, awesomely bad movies can be entertaining because some of the stuff is so incompetent. It's just hilarious. I do think we could have made a movie with better audio. Oh man. It's back to back weeks with the audio and movies are just atrocious. Mm-hmm. Um, and at least Manos the Hands of Fate had an excuse. I mean, it was very limited um resources that the director of that had. I mean, I mentioned it last week with a camera that could only shoot like 30 seconds of film at a time and no audio. Where this was shot digitally, and it's obvious that it was digital. Um, I mean, because it looks like crap. Got <laughs> uh, a blurry picture, and then like the audio, there's so much background noise. Oh yeah. Well, like, did they even have a boom mic? Like, I doubt it. I can't imagine that they did. Um, but you and I both took a video course in college and I feel like the stuff that we put together in the video course could rival this. Yeah. And cause honestly, even though your feature film had a moving dead body, yeah. so did this one. Yeah. So yeah, I, um, I mean like, dude, the camera angles, the panic, dude, how much of this movie was just filming of cars driving? Dude, are people walking? Right? There's so much walking in this movie. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, and not only do we get those, we also get some really terrible royalty-free music <laughs> that does not fit anything that's going on in this. The, yes, no. Ter- terrible, terrible, terrible. The The only music that was um, above terrible was the music when they went on that date trip and the guy was singing at the bar. Yes. It wasn't good. Like, it wasn't good, but compared to everything else, it was like a freaking masterpiece. Yeah. He's singing to a grand audience of two people. Yeah, and then, well, that was better than the green screen of them at the nightclub. Um, <laughs> yes. But uh, him singing to the two people who are having a romantic time together, and he's singing about, like, his family. Yeah, like mom's in the kitchen making food or something, and we're a family, or I don't know, like yeah, very awkward. 
Not not something that applies to a romantic moment between two people. Yeah, and then like how long was that scene? I don't and know. Like you said, like the, the, the guy's song was basically telling a story. It made me think of Threat Level Midnight, where <laughs> they have that scene where it's like everybody do the scarn. <laughs> and they're doing that dance. It's like an That's instructional video. Oh yeah. That's kind of what it reminded me of. Yeah. Just this marathon scene of this guy singing and these two people dancing extremely awkwardly to it. Well, yeah, that absolutely awkward. But talking about the terrible footage, after that dance club thing, and then they go to the hotel and have like a super awkward, almost sex scene. Thank, thank <clears throat> God they did not do that because I was preparing myself for another room rerun. Yeah, another Tommy Wiseau gratuitous sex scene. Yes, but after that, we were just talking about totally wasted time with filming. After that hotel scene, they had like almost 20 different shots of just still footage, like stationary footage of different locations. Like I was like, oh, they're, I, I thought they were trying to, um, set the geographic location or something like be like establishing okay. shots. Thank you. Yeah. I was trying to think yeah. of that word establishing. I thought they were doing establishing shots, but then they started showing like half a dozen different locations. And I'm like, what are we even doing here? Like, yeah. are we transitioning to a new movie? Are we introducing new characters? Where are we even going? <laughs> and then that let that though led into the Probably the most epic part of the movie because that's when the birdemic actually started taking place. Yeah. Oh man, do we want to get to the whole bird part yet, or do we want to cover some other stuff? I think I think we should because that's more of the entertaining, awesomely bad. So I feel like we should maybe try to get out uh, of the way all the just bad. Yeah. Um, along with the bad dialogue and bad delivery, some of the, there's so many walking scenes and a few of the walking scenes are so like out of place and a normal person <laughs> would not walk like that. And it's funny too, like how they kept maybe like a fraction of a second before like the director called action. <laughs> yes, that happens so, so many times. Yeah, the editing is so loose and bad. There's a lot of times where it said, oh my gosh, the walking scenes. Yeah, it's just like they should have had them start like, okay, back up 10 feet and we're going to start filming and then go. And then you would have that wiggle room area, you know? Yeah. And one of the uh, most obviously obvious ones was towards the end of the movie too, where they were by the beach. Like you see them quite literally just standing there and then mm -hmm. they like, Oh, Oh yeah. We're supposed to move. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. And it's like they told the dude playing, um, Alan, Alan Baugh, however we said his name was Bach. Bach. It's like they told him, okay, just act natural. Just, you know, loosen up, act natural. And then he just comes out looking like a robot. Oh, man. I think, okay, it's the best we got. We're going with it. <laughs> Either that or like 
since his director was so incompetent, he's like, that's great. <laughs> that's gold. Yes. More more of that. Yeah. Oh my gosh. You nailed and it. Some of those shots they linger on for way too long. Mm-hmm. Like it reminded me of the shots in the, the original Friday the 13th, like where crazy Ralph rides off on his bike for like 20 minutes. <laughs> and you see yeah. him just like, I was like, okay, he's still going off in the distance. Okay, we can still see him in a shot. <laughs> and he's still riding a bike. That's <laughs> <laughs> what that reminded me of in this. Uh, there's so many awkward scenes like that. Yeah. And the crazy uh, long establishing shots, the only movie I can think of that I have seen that has even longer establishing shots for no reason is the slasher movie called Sledgehammer. Okay. And it's made by the same guy. Um, oh, wait, no, I'm thinking of a different thing. But this movie Sledgehammer is like one of the first movies that was shot on video, like mm-hmm. shot on VHS. And it has these crazy long establishing shots that are just like completely and utterly ridiculous. Nice. Yeah. Reason, I... I feel like it's that the guy that made that, I feel like is the same guy that made, um, Deadly Prey. Oh. Yeah, it was David A. Pryor. And it has Ted Pryor in it. Oh, there you go. Dalton. Or not. Dan. Is Dan, Dan, yeah. Yeah. That's got to be on the list because that movie's pretty awesomely bad, too. <laughs> but yes. Yeah. Well, one one scene where they did, it wasn't an establishing shot, but where they hold things for way too long um, was the hotel scene when they were like trying to show off the model girl before she got into bed. And it's just like, yeah. okay, awkward. And then, oh yeah. And also in that spot, like she said something like, how do I look or what do you think? And he said, nice or something like, I, I didn't even catch it. Cause one, the audio was so bad, but he had like a one word response. It was fine. Fine. Yes. Fine. <laughs> and it wasn't like, Dang, she's fine. It was just fine. Fine. Get in the bed. Like, Let's do this. Let's get it over with. That'll do, pig. <laughs> that'll do. <laughs> oh, gosh. It's so awkward because he's just like standing there staring at her emotionless. Yeah. Like, dude, it seriously reminds me of some teen movies when they do the virgin kid doing it for the first time. Yeah. And he's just kind of like, uh, uh uh deer in the headlights yeah so the the other funny thing about that scene that i'll throw in there is that you know they had an amazing night because he woke up wearing his clothes the next morning (laughs) still wearing his clothes (laughs) oh gosh yeah and i like how the whole love scene it's just she's in her underwear the whole time. Um, but before that, she calls her friend, the Asian girl. And she's like straddling Rod's friend. Yeah. And she's in her in like a bathing suit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I like how there's this big sign on the wall that has some website on it. Yeah. What was that about? Like this huge it's a white sign and like in black letters it has this website on it. Imagine peace or something, or yeah, I'm like, okay, I'm like, all right, whatever. This is like placement, 
it was obvious that it was like a hotel room. Mm-hmm. And then and it's like, okay, that was weird. And then like with the scene where they go on the, the double date and she, the girl, oh my gosh. So Rod is dressed up in like a button up shirt and like dress pants. Like, okay. And like, um, Natalie, she's dressed up. She's wearing like a nice dress. Mm-hmm. Like some sundress or something. Yeah. And then they show the Asian girl. She's wearing a t-shirt with the website on it. (laughs) (laughs) Like this is what she wears for a, a, a date. It's, it's extremely awkward. Yeah. No, there must've been some kind of agenda behind that. I thought about visiting the website, but I didn't. My guess is it would have something to do with, you know, global warming and, uh, something pro green and all that yeah i like how they're they're on their um their date and it's like what do they do they go see the movie the inconvenient truth yes a great date movie right and then Uh, and then his friend is just like that's it that convinces me i gotta get a different car he's like like, yeah i totally gotta go to a hybrid car now and this and Rod just like see what I mean because they had a conversation earlier because the company that Rod works for gets bought out and apparently he's making a whole bunch of money from it and yeah um, he's he's like in his twenties and he's had like two jobs and all of a sudden he becomes like a millionaire yeah and like his friends like oh you gotta go buy like a Ferrari and he's like no he's like kind of like my um electric hybrid more the dude does not drive a hybrid he has a mustang <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. like this is before the the ev mustang came out oh yeah way before that was funny too that his company got bought out by oracle which is a real software company oh okay I they make they make this inventory and ordering platform called netsuite okay um, I hear commercials for it every once in a while on um, the radio, but a company I used to work for before the job I have now used to use NetSuite by Oracle. Mm. I don't know if that was just a um, random, a name weird, yeah, yeah. I don't know if they were actually talking about that company or if it's just a, some weird thing. Mm. Um. Well, if you haven't caught on yet, this movie is was about global warming and all that shebang and anywhere possible they would put plugins about it. Everything was heavy handed, yeah. Yeah. Well, so so we just talked about how his software company got bought on, he becomes a millionaire and within a week he decides to start his own green software company (laughs) and with his presentation that he gives with a really bad PowerPoint. He gives a presentation with a horrible PowerPoint and he lands, what was it? $10 million of investment yeah, or something. And all of this happens within, within a week. Like he doesn't even take a vacation. He doesn't do anything. He's just like, yeah, I'm going to go from one job to another job because I have millions of dollars now. And it just, and then she lands the Victoria's Secret modeling gig. And the same day. Oh but he makes this, yeah, he makes that $1 million sale. This is before we even know what Rod does. 
and he's like on the phone with somebody and he's like um he's like okay can I, so can i count on you and then he's like all right he's like well you have a great day and like his friend came up and um rob's just like woo grabs his hands and the guy's like he's like oh man did you close the deal he's like yeah i got the sale for how much one million dollars yeah then they give each other high fives he's <laughs> yeah. like the biggest biggest sale in my career and i was just thinking i was like well i'd hope so i mean what the hell are you selling <laughs> yeah you're making a million dollar sale over the phone well did you like hear if you're making that big of a sale you'd be doing it in person right right but did you also hear about the uh discount no he said something about, and I swear, he said something, well, I can give you a discount. And I swear I heard him say, I can give you 50% discount. 50%. I think it may have been 15, but I swear it was 50%. And I was just like, dude, what company is this? I'll do business with them at 50% discount. Right. <laughs> oh, man. What is he working at, TJ Maxx? Gosh. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, and which then we speak- get the modeling scenes. You you mentioned the thing which happens at the same time. Um, she gets the the biggest break of her career in the same day that Rod gets the biggest break of his career. <laughs> they show these modeling scenes and they're so incredibly awkward. Yeah, where she's at a one hour photo. <laughs> like, what? Like oh, you didn't even God. have to show the outside of the freaking building. Yeah. Just just do the footage. Come on. What was she selling anyways? I don't even remember. She was in so many different outfits and she was just <laughs> posing. It was like, what? what is happening? Yeah. It's like she was doing headshots. Like Maybe. To try to get a movie role or something. And like, no, this is just supposed to be professional modeling, like for an ad agency or something. <laughs> Uh, I also noticed too when he was on the phone with her, he was using like the OG iPhone. Yeah, how'd you like the uh, fake ringtone for Natalie? Oh my gosh, it was like a bike bicycle bell. Yeah, ding 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 ding. <laughs> and oh. she's a flip phone. Yeah, and speaking of this, uh, when she lands the Victoria's Secret modeling gig, yeah, probably the worst dialogue conversation in the movie. Yeah, Because both of them were stumbling over their lines. And it's just like, dude, how many times did you do this? Twice? Like, maybe do five or eight takes or something. Like, holy, uh, that that should have been, like, how, how do you get dialogue that bad? I don't know. It is so weird and kind of creepy. Because she's telling him how she got, she's like, yeah, I'm going to get the cover of Victoria's Secret. And he's like, I bet you look great in that lingerie. Yes. Great, (laughs) great line. Reel it in, bro. Reel it in. And that's after he's... We didn't even talk about how they met. Like, he's sitting in a diner, and she walks out, and he, like, does, like, a what? Like, he's in a ZZ Top music video. And he runs outside, chases her down, and then strikes up a conversation with her, which apparently they went to school together at one point. Mm -hmm. I don't know. And then she's like, oh, here's my number. And like, they don't even show her writing anything down. She just pulls a card out of her pocket. Well, I think it was her modeling card. Oh, okay. And he's like, yeah. oh, here's mine. And he pulls yeah. out his card. Well, the funny thing about that scene that I had written down was that, so 
they're in the restaurant together she, or at the same place. She leaves, he follows her and he's like, Hey, wait, like, I think I know you. And then they chat for a little bit. And then, he, uh, she walks away and then there's a huge long walking shot. Yeah. But then he's like, Oh wait, Natalie, come back. Uh, um, he tells her to stop. They had not exchanged names. Like up <laughs> so until that, her name. Yeah, there was no introduction. There was no nothing. And she left without learning his name. Like, he never once Gosh. mentioned his name. But she, he magically somehow was just like, oh, Natalie. It's like, dude, <laughs> you, you just remember you went to school with her. You, don't, you never said what her name was. That reminds me of the movie, the Norm MacDonald movie, Dirty Work. Okay. Where, like, he meets the main girl in it, and then he realizes... Like they have a quick conversation somewhere and then he sees her out somewhere and he tries to go talk to her and he can't, doesn't know what her name is. So he just calls her Mildred. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, oh yeah, like I couldn't remember what your name was. <laughs> I didn't know what your name was, but I wanted to talk to you. <laughs> but maybe we just picked out Natalie. His first thing popped his head and, she, and like somehow he knew her name. And he's like, God, I got it right. <laughs> and you know, one of the worst things about it is... It's Natalie spelled N A T H A L I E. Yeah. Nathalie. Nathalie. <laughs> like, come on. Oh, man. So we get the scene of him and his friend playing basketball. It's obvious these dudes don't play a lot of basketball because the dude like dribbles the ball up to his chest. Superior athletes. Yeah, and like, okay, you're playing up against anybody that is even halfway decent at basketball, they're going to be stealing that ball from you constantly. <laughs> dude, uh, dude, I have, I'm so glad you brought this up. I have the best question for you. What's that? Okay. What was more believable, Rod's basketball skills or Tommy's football skills? Oh. Rod's basketball skills because everything Tommy does is just alien. <laughs> Man, as soon as I saw it, I was just like, wow, this is so many flashbacks of Tommy throwing the football. But if Tommy made this and he wanted to do a basketball scene, there'd be like five basketball scenes in it for no reason. Yeah. And they would just, be just passing. passing the ball back just... and forth, no hoop. <laughs> Oh man. Uh, I'm I'm gonna say that Tommy Wiseau can make a better move in the, than this. Uh yeah, I want to see the uh big what is it? Big Shark. Yeah. Yeah, I mean we got we got to watch that sometime. Yeah, we got to try to track that thing down. Yeah. Oh. Uh, so, after the basketball scene, we get a great quote from Rod's friend whose name I just cannot remember. Um they talk about, he's she's going to go on a date with Rod and he's like something about the guy's going to get it on and He's like, no, I want to take things kind of slow. And he's like, a day without sex is a wasted day, man. <laughs> and I, I just I laugh so hard at that. I'm like, that's my new motto. You <laughs> 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 guys such a douche. Oh, but, yeah, they tried making him a douche, and it was just like, it was total overboard high school Chad. Yeah. Oh, man. Um. Another thing I noticed with this movie too, and I didn't really sink in the first time they showed this, um, uh, is Rod getting ready in the morning and he sits at 
like a a bar area in his kitchen and he like he's eating a bowl of cereal on the counter like sitting on a stool mm-hmm. and he's watching tv and this is how we're getting like the buildup of the whole birdemic going on <laughs> um what i never didn't realize until the second time why does this dude have like a 30 inch tv in his kitchen <laughs> maybe he likes to be simplistic or maybe he's got so many tvs yeah either that or i could it's like does he have like a um studio apartment where it's like no. all like one big room it was like a condo or something i think it, it yeah. looked like a two-story place yeah and then it's like why does he have this big tv taking up half of his counter space in the kitchen dude you're thinking way too deep like they, guess, they yeah. did they did not think that deep don't don't go there oh and then you want to get the um the whole news program he's watching because they're using they're talking about this car race and they're using stock footage of a race that wasn't paid for because the watermark is still on it. <laughs> Are you serious? I didn't notice yes. that. That's it says get it says Getty images. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and like the news anchor is so bland. How did how did they not like how did Getty images not go after them for that? I have no idea. Cause yeah, they used that in a movie and didn't pay for it. Um oh. so shortly after this. Um, he gets the solar panel installed at his house, which is, I thought that was totally weird and random, but applies yeah. the whole like go green, uh, global warming thing. Um, but then they had their date and interestingly enough, they actually took some time to work on the lighting when they were in the restaurant. So props to that. <laughs> but on the date night after dinner, 22 minutes into the movie, we had our first bird sighting. It took 22 minutes to see our first bird. <laughs> yeah. And I have down that it did not disappoint because they were like animated parrots. Oh, gosh. Yeah, I just said the CGI with the birds. Like, what is this, PlayStation 1? Oh, my gosh, dude. Like, so I cannot imagine what these people thought after the movie was done and they watched it. First of all, like, the acting and everything and the audio, but the whole like, oh yeah, we're going to add birds in post. Oh my gosh. But might as well, all the audio was added in post. Oh man. Because nothing matched up with people's mouths. So bad. Uh, so you kind of skipped over it a little bit. Their first date, they go to a Chinese restaurant and there's like this really stereotypical Asian music playing in the background. Yeah, and I would royal- say that that's racist, but the guy that made this is Asian. <laughs> <laughs> Royalty free. Yeah. And then she's like asking him questions about himself and a dude drops his entire backstory of work. <laughs> like, okay, dude. And then she asks questions about um, if he wants a family and kids. <laughs> I'm like, you're doing this. This on a first date, just put run bro in all capital letters. <laughs> <laughs> also, the timing of this, she asked him like what he's into, and he says that he likes to watch football. And then he said he's a 49ers fan. Yeah. <laughs> and like, did I just jinx the Lions because they're playing the 49ers this weekend? <laughs> maybe you jinxed the 49ers. Oh, maybe. But I thought it was funny that he didn't mention basketball. It's like, dude, you just play basketball with your friend. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. And obviously he likes cars if he's got a Mustang, but it's a hybrid. Supposedly, yeah. I said that the dialogue in this movie is worse than The Room. 
It's like because at least Tommy's dialogue that he wrote was hilariously bad. Yeah, this well, is just boring. Yes, the dialogue in Tommy's movie made sense. Like, uh, with how bizarre and awesomely bad it was, it made sense. Like, it was, it was scripted. This was just like, okay, you two go in there and just, uh, just talk about this. Yeah. Just, pre- just pretend like you're on a date. Yeah, it's so awkward. So, while watching this, it took me a while. But I realized what this reminded me of. And it's this 3DO game that was notorious for being on um, uh, Angry Video Game Nerd. Mm-hmm. And it's called Plumbers Don't Wear Ties. Okay. Uh, and if you don't know anything about the 3DO, it was like one of the first CD-based gaming consoles. Uh, it had a crazy, like ridiculously high price. It was like $1,000 in the 90s. Um. It was made by Panasonic, and a lot of the games had like full motion video. But then along came this game called Plumbers Don't Wear Ties that was like acted out with these two characters. Some of it was video, some of it was just like almost like a slideshow of still pictures. Okay. But if you go and watch that angry video game nerd. Uh, video you'll see what i'm talking about because the how the lines are delivered how the story is set up and everything is very similar to that okay which is not good (laughs) Uh, and another thing too i realized when they introduced her mom the conversation she has with her mom about ron Mm -hmm. and she's talking about oh he works for a software company and they're trying to get it trying to sell it make tons of money Okay, so the mom says something about how Natalie is, it's great to have a secure financial husband, which is totally the conversation that Lisa had with her mom about Tommy Wiseau. (laughs) I totally (laughs) forgot that. Except um, a little more positive, I guess, where it's like, oh, you like this guy, and it's good to be financially secure, where Lisa was tired of Johnny. (laughs) <laughs> you should and still marry like, him. You should, just, you should just stay with him because he's got money. Yeah, I never loved your dad. <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh. Yeah, I never really liked your dad. I just liked his money. Oh. Yeah. Well, do we have anything else outside of the birdemic portion of this movie? Because I think we might be ready to move into that now. Yeah, I think that's really all I got. Other than when they went to go talk, when she took Rod to meet her mom, they walked up to her house and rang the doorbell. <laughs> Who goes and rings the doorbell at their parents' house? Like you no just one. walk in. Mm-hmm. That was really awkward. But yeah, I think um, the first time they notice a bird that has an issue is when they're on the beach. Yep. There's a dead bird sitting there, and it's you know just CGI'd in there because they couldn't <laughs> just use a puppet. Or something cheap, and then Natalie tries to touch it. Don't touch it! Don't touch it! <laughs> like who the hell's gonna go touch a dead bird on the beach? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, like the other thing that I thought they could have done too is um, taxidermy animals. Like, yeah, yeah, it would have looked bad, but it would have looked better. Dude, like, have you ever seen those fake birds that they have that you can use for um? Like decor, 
Like they're made out of feathers and like yeah, foam and stuff. Like they're not actual like taxidermied ones. It's just like you know, just decorative pieces. Like they could use one of those and it would have looked better. Mm-hmm. Could use a beanie baby and it would look better than that. <laughs> I like how too the birds are exploding when they fly into things. Oh my gosh! So 40, 47 minutes in, I ta- I I wrote down the time. Forty seven minutes in is when the bird demic officially began, and like the <laughs> movie totally ramped up. Oh my gosh! Yeah, and I had this is the worst CGI that I've ever seen in my entire life. Worse than Mortal Kombat? Yes, <laughs> dude, it's worse than Spawn. Worse than Mortal Kombat. Um, anything you want to add into that? Um, this is worse than it because the birds look so freaking horrible. And I like in the newscast that they were talking about how the birds were supposed to be um, crows and seagulls. But Uh all the birds that they showed were eagles and freaking condors. (laughs) Condors. Okay, California condors that are endangered, by the way. But there seems to be a whole buttload of them in the (laughs) birdemic. The bird with the largest wingspan. (laughs) Yep, that is amazing. And they can't seem to hit any of them with guns either. Uh, well, they wound up taking out a few. Yeah, towards the end, but at the beginning, there's a part when they're in that van and like the condor is like right above it and he's firing shot after shot after shot at him. Like, dude, this bird has like a seven foot wingspan. You can't hit it. <laughs> oh, man. Well, and then also the audio for the birds was so annoying. My dog hated the whenever the birds came on the. The movie. Yeah, the, the whole bird screeching thing was a bit much. Yeah, way too much. Um, but yeah, so the bird demic begins. Like they had their amazing night and then they wake up and the birds are freaking out and they try to barricade themselves in in a hotel room by taking apart the bed and putting it against the window. Uh, yeah. which that whole thing was just hilarious to me. But then they escape. And they go out and they decide to team up with another couple who's staying in the hotel. Yeah. And so they have to try to fight their way to the car. (laughs) And so they arm themselves with freaking coat hangers. Yes. Yes. They're swinging coat hangers at the CGI birds. They're just kind of like floating in the same place going. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Over and over and over. I was dying. I was dying at this part. Oh, also, I mean, uh, you also talked about how the birds were exploding and also there was like airplane noises. Yeah. Like, oh man, just so much happening at one time. And I was just like, I was dying at this point. What cracked me up too is when the whole bird demic started and they hear a bunch of noise outside the, the motel. And you hear like banging and noises and the birds like squawking. And Rod gets up and looks out the window and there's like tons of birds everywhere. Really, there's like five. But <laughs> he said there's tons of birds everywhere. And Natalie's like still in her underwear. And instead of like getting dressed and then trying to take care of things, she's helping barricade the door with the bed and everything still in like a bra and a thong. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, let's let's get changed or anything. <laughs> Well, it's some a, clothes on. It's a life or death situation, man. You don't have time <laughs> to change. And then all of a sudden, it like 
cuts away and then she's like sitting on the bed completely clothed. Yep. Yeah. Man, I must have really hated those bird noises because I'm looking at my notes and I think I had it in there three times. Like these bird noises are getting old really quickly. <laughs> um, then they come across like other survivors. There's like these two kids. The boy's like locked in the trunk of a car. Yeah, what the heck was that? And the that? girl's laying under the car. She's crying about how her mom died and everything. And um, Natalie's just like, what's your name, Susan? We're going to make all this better. Thank you. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> that was kids. literally like the back and forth. The kids, the kids are the worst great. actors ever. Oh, yeah. They they were really rough. Um. Yeah, the thing that I love about that scene where they stop on the side of the road to check for survivors is that <laughs> all the traffic driving by. Yeah. I'm just like, oh. There's tons of people driving by. And I'm like, okay, what about these people? Yeah, it's just like, I mean, I could understand if everybody was driving in one direction maybe. Yeah. But could you imagine driving by and watching them film that? But they have, they're firing guns too. Yeah. Like pretending to fire guns, but still like they're hanging on to freaking Uzis, waving them around, shooting at birds that aren't there because they're CGI. Mm-hmm. People driving by are like, what the hell is going on here? Dude, I seriously thought like this was maybe a, um, like a college project. Yeah. Or something. I didn't realize it was a full-fledged, like, yeah, <laughs> full-fledged project. You got to love, love when they stop at the convenience store to get the kids some food. Yeah. And then Rod goes over to the shelf where there's a full case of Kirkland brand water, which is Costco brand, <laughs> that he's that he's buying at a convenience store. And then they end up going to, like, a, a public beach or something. Mm-hmm. And like having a picnic, and when they're drinking water, it's Crystal Geyser brand, which is dollar store. Nice. Well, the <laughs> that thing that's a weird thing that I do. The thing that I noticed about that was just like, okay, well, at this point too, I'm just like, where are you guys even driving to at this point? Like, they have yeah. not established like, oh, we're gonna, because first of all, you're being attacked by wildlife, so let's drive out of town into more wildlife. Yeah, like why don't they just go back to Rod's house? Yeah, or like just stay there. Natalie didn't want to check on her mom. Yeah. Like she was just, her mom had a huge house. Yeah. They could have just went to her mom's house and hung out. Exactly. So, so they're just like, okay, we're in a hotel. So our best bet is to get in a vehicle, drive away. Okay. Driving away is not going to work. We're going to stop. Supposedly like it's the end of the world and that whole kind of a thing. Like we need to try to survive. So they do a good job with establishing like they're in a convenience store, gas station kind of thing. Nobody's there. They kind of ransack whatever's left. And it's just like, you don't think that it's going to be best to just stay indoors, especially at a location that you have food supply. Like where are you going to go that is going to be better than where you are? Because later on, which basically appears to be the same day, the kids get hungry and they cook fish and the kids are like, I want a freaking happy meal. Yeah. You could have stayed there and freaking had some (laughs) ho-hos. Right. Uh, then he beat the scientist who gives us a lecture about how um, basically global warming is causing this and that people suck. 
humans humans are suck and they're just destroying the earth. Like, oh, thanks. And that's when Rod and the other dude are just like, why can't we just give peace a chance? <laughs> and then they drive like to a different area, and then Becky goes to take a shit in the field or something like that. Mm-hmm. And Natalie's like standing guard, and like the birds start coming and uh kill Becky while she's taking a crap. <laughs> <laughs> and then Natalie's just like, oh my god, and runs away. They're dead. They're all dead. And then of course her husband, like, lose boyfriend, whatever, loses and he's going off the crazy end. But 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 one of the best parts, one of the best parts in this whole movie, and I saw some of this coming from a mile away, when they stop on the side of the road to help that guy with his truck. Yes. Which first of all is stupid. Like post in in post apocalypse any kind of thing whatever you do not stop for anything yeah you fend for yourself and you trust no one so they stop to help this guy and he goes to steal their gas and he's walking away away from his truck which makes yeah. no sense at all but he's walking away and then basically like a ninja eagle comes <laughs> out of nowhere it just slits, slits his, throat. his throat yeah Oh my gosh! I that I that was that was epic. That was oh one totally of my epic. favorite parts in this is when they come across that b- double decker bus <laughs> full of people, and they're like, "Oh my god, help!" And then I say full of people. There's like three people in it, but the guys start firing their guns directly at the bus. Mm-hmm. They start dropping birds, and then the people come out and they're like, "Oh my god, thanks for saving us!" And then like more birds show up. And while they're standing there, it's like the birds get a cup of Mountain Dew and throw it at the people, and it goes right in their eyes and blinds them. Yeah. It's some kind of, like, weird, liquidy, green substance. Uh, And they're, like, fall to the ground and get attacked by birds. And then they show, like, the quote-unquote dead bodies, and you can see the teenager's eyes moving around. (laughs) Yeah. And, oh, and we haven't even mentioned that whenever anybody gets attacked... 90% 90% of the wounds are on their face, and then yeah. sometimes their arms get scratched, but that's it. Like, their clothes are in perfect condition. Yeah. So, like, they didn't even Ugh. spend a money on budget for, like, clothes so that they could make it look like these people were actually attacked by birds. Yeah. Oh, man. $100 a gallon for gas. Yep. Oh, and by the way, when they drove away, they totally left the gas can on the side of the road. <laughs> it's just like, really? Like, dude, the guy was going to steal your gas. He died. Grab yeah. the gas can and go. Yeah. And then when they go to the gas station, like, he puts gas in the car. And then a bird show up and he just throws the um, nozzle on the, on the ground. Gets in the car. But when they drive off, the nozzle's back on the pump. Nice. And then oh, a bird flies into it and it blows up, but only slightly. <laughs> well, another amazing thing about that portion is that the gas station attendant is just like, he's just like, oh, we need to use a phone. He said, oh, phones have been down ever since the attack started. And then he's like, oh, man, okay, well, we need some gas. And then he's like, oh, $100 a gallon, to which they pay with credit card. Yeah, but the phone's down. Yeah, but the phone's down, and so basically, like, any any common sense, if the phone's down, if the system's down, if the grid is down, 
you have no internet, you cannot run credit cards. Besides that, why would you care about money at that point? Yeah. Like the things that you need are basic necessities and weapons. Mm -hmm. Like what I don't, that, that just blew my mind where they thought like, oh yeah, we'll just swipe a credit card and call it good. <laughs> yep. Oh man. Well, then the car runs out of gas. Yep. And then they stumble across like a creek and they're like, oh, let's go get some fresh water from this creek. And that's when they meet the tree hugger dude. And he's going on and on and on about freaking bark beetles and how humans suck. Mm-hmm. He's like, have you noticed? Um, he's like, the birds won't attack here. They're only attacking um, where humans are doing this, this, and this. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Like, they're really getting heavy-handed with the whole global warming thing. And it's hilarious because this guy's like having a conversation with him. He's like, I live right over here. Like, that shack over there is mine. And he's like, I live here and I keep an eye on the redwoods. I'm like, okay, dude. And then all of a sudden, he, like, he just stops. He's like, did you hear that? And they're like, what? He's like, that's a, a mountain lion. He's like, I have to go. He's like, I better go. Nice meeting you. <laughs> okay, bro. And then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, there's a there's a um, forest fire. And then there's like CGI flames. Yeah. Like barely anywhere. And then they're like all hacking and coughing when they get out of the woods. Uh, and then they they make it to like the beach and all of a sudden all the birds just kind of fly away. Yeah, like some birds show up, like owls show up, and then all of them leave together. Yeah. It's like, okay, end of story. And then long, super long, super, super long shot of them staring at the ocean. Yeah. I thought it was just like a still picture but then i realized like the waves are moving and the the birds were still flying well i thought for a second that they froze the act actors yeah. and just like had b-roll footage of the ocean but no they had them standing there for a long time yeah. so yeah yep oh man anything and else that is the movie birdemic yeah, <laughs> in a nutshell. There's there's so much more, though, too. Like, I feel like the, there's a lot with this where it's like uh, the room where it's just like you could talk for hours about it. Yeah, which is funny because I'm looking at because we have a shared notes and I thought I had a lot, but you had legit like three pages. <laughs> uh, well, I just wrote down so much stuff while I was going. Yeah, that's what and, I did, too. And so then I was just like. A lot, a lot of it isn't really worth our time because it's just dumb little side comments. But I just always wanted to make sure to capture as much as I could. Yeah, yeah, I have a lot of them too. Where it's just like, I'll make a note and then I forget what it's about because <laughs> <laughs> I don't give enough detail. But yeah, um, is there any get into trivia? I was just gonna say, is there any facts and trivia with this thing? Uh, I got a few things. Okay. Okay, so due to the film's limited budget, the director was unable to hire a full-time film crew. Um, as such, cast members performed the task that a typical crew would. 
in an effort to make the film appear more professional, um, the director made up names for crew members that appear in the credits. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So after the Sundance Film Festival rejected the movie, um, James Gwynn put banners, fake blood, and fake birds all over his van. Then he drove around to advertise the film. Eventually, he caught the attention of Severn Films, which distributed the movie. All right. That's yeah. that's one way to do that. I guess. So the lead actress, uh, Whitney Moore, um, took over the job of makeup artist after the first two hired makeup artists quit in the first two weeks of filming. Man, why'd they quit? <laughs> right? Uh, when advertising for the movie, the movie title was painted on the side of a truck. It was initially spelled wrong and read Bidremic. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yes. Uh, so the director spent four years making this movie. Oof, four really? years. Four yeah. years. Jeez. Uh, on the commentary, Whitney Moore, who played Natalie, um, said that they did not get permits to to shoot at specific locations. Um, said they just showed up, and a lot of times they got kicked out. <laughs> she said that at one point they were filming in a public jogging trail, and the director started yelling at joggers who were going, getting in, and getting into the shot. <laughs> Oh my God. Uh, Moore told, told him not to yell at people who were not associated with the movie. And he responded by refusing to talk to her for three weeks. He gave her direction using her co star, Alan Ball, as an immediate. Eh, I'm sorry. Using him as an intermediary. So basically gave her the silent treatment. What an idiot. Yeah, total idiot. It's just like, dude, if you, it's so I'm going to say this real quick because I thought of it a couple of times specifically with that uh, scene on the side of the road where they rescued the kids. Like if you wanted to really make it appear like there was a pandemic kind of thing going on and empty and people disappearing, go out in the country, dude. Like how could you not find another road with less traffic that you could or just not show the road. Yeah. Like, come on, dude, use your brain. Yeah. Uh, so while filming their respective love scenes, uh, Whitney Moore, who played Natalie and Mona Lisa moon, who played my are both wearing underwear or bikinis. Uh, the director reportedly had the actresses wear bikinis as he did not want them to actually have sex with their male co-stars. Like, dude, you're shooting a movie, not... <laughs> like, I really don't think these actresses are going to be, like, doing these dudes. Yeah, it's it's not a porno. Yeah. So, I don't... Does he not understand how, like, movie love scenes are made? It's like he completely avoided that, where Tommy Wiseau got... As close oh. to softcore porn as you could get. Yeah, Tommy was just like, let's go all in. Yeah, he's like, I need to thrust into her belly button. It's got to happen. Oh, gosh. So, Whitney Moore auditioned for the role of Natalie in a high school parking lot. Um, An hour after the audition, the director called her to tell her that she got the role. In a subsequent interview after Birdemic was released, uh, she joked that she should have that should have been a red flag to her. Um, she said that the month she worked on the film was a miserable experience. Despite this, she reprised her role for the 
2013 sequel, Birdemic 2, The Resurrection. Yeah, I'm really surprised that these people came back to make a second one. Yeah. So the website, imaginepeace.com, which is plugged throughout the film, is actually Yoko Ono's website. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So Alan Ba rented the 2006 Ford Mustang GT that his character Rod drives in a film, despite he was claiming that the Mustang was a plug-in hybrid. <laughs> and yeah, that's that's not a hybrid. No. And the last thing I got, I do not have box office on this, but this movie only cost $10,000. Gosh. Yeah. So grades. IMDb, Rotten Tomatoes, what are they? I think I saw IMDb by accident. Is it 1.7? It is a 1.7. Okay. Rotten Tomato Critic, 5. It's 18. What? I'm not sure how this gets an 18, but it's it's got an 18. Okay, audience, 9. 27. Oh my gosh. What the? Okay. People people who like awesomely bad movies must be contributing to that one. Yeah, no I way. think so. It's, it's got a kind of a cult following for being so terrible. Uh, it was on the podcast, How Did This Get Made? Okay. Maybe yeah, that's where that happened. That could have been. They're kind of, they're almost like MST3K now. Yeah. Um, I'll let you go first. Okay. Um, like I said, this first time watch, I knew a lot about it, this movie before I watched it. And I knew the CGI was bad because I saw like clips from it and everything. Um, just watching YouTube videos of like the worst movies ever made. Which, of course, this shows up in all the time. Manos and The Room always show up in it. Um, there's some similarities between this and The Room, but I honestly think, like, this movie makes The Room look amazing. <laughs> right. Like, it was obvious that Tommy put in money and time and effort, and it had a halfway comp- competent crew making The Room. Um, well, this is complete amateur hour. <laughs> but, I don't know, it was entertaining i guess i'd probably never watch it again because it's so bad but at least it was entertaining i'll give it that um i couldn't give it anything higher than a one because it's so terrible (laughs) on every aspect the audio cracks and pops all the time um it's all dubbed in post and i couldn't find anything online about it being dubbed in post but i know it was Mm -hmm. because it just didn't fit and there were so many like times where they're switching between different tracks of audio because there'll be like lots of noise in the background and all of a sudden it's clear. Uh, some of the framing of the shots is just horrible. Like when they're dancing in that bar, like there's a couple scenes where it's like basically just their heads. That is a terrible shot to look at. <laughs> oh, the CGI is atrocious. And the music's bad. So it's really just a failure all along, like all around. So I couldn't give it anything higher than a one. Yeah, I'm going to be right there with you with giving it a one because awesomely bad. So while we're laughing here and having a good time with it, part of awesomely bad, like the positive side of awesomely bad is rewatchability. And I, even though there were some crazy, hilarious parts after the birdemic began, I don't want to go back and watch this ever again. I don't want to waste my time. Yeah. Um, 
So if there was any rewatchability with this, that number could easily go up some. But because it was so poorly done and because the rewatchability isn't there, basically I'm not giving it a 0.5 because it had some hilarious entertainment factors to it. Like there's really nothing else positive to give to it. Like there wasn't yeah. like something amazing about it, some uh, redeeming factor. No, there was really nothing quote unquote good about it. Um, it was just because it was, it's a cult movie and it is hilariously bad. Yeah, I agree. Uh, so do you want to rank the movies from this month? From best to worst. Uh, yeah, we can do that. And I think they're probably going to be pretty similar for us. Um, I got so from the best to worst, I got Stone Cold, Mister Nanny, Manos, The Hands of Fate, and Birdemic. Yeah, totally same thing. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, Stone Cold, by the way, is like a thousand times better than like the rest of these movies you watched. Yeah, but that was more of like. Okay, this movie is an objectionably bad movie, but I knew that we would both enjoy it, so that's why I put it on here. No. Yeah. Oh man. So yeah, the awesomely bad months are always like a lot of fun. Uh next month we're gonna be doing something a little bit different. We it's like this is the first time we've done like a true kind of like overarching theme for the month. Uh in a little while. Uh, we're going to do, be doing four movies that are considered character studies. And uh, next time we're going to be talking about Taxi Driver, which is a movie I saw once. Um, and it's a pretty well-known movie. I mean, it's got um, De Niro in it. So definitely a big turn from Birdemic Shock and Terror. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, after Taxi Driver, we got Fade to Black. And then Joker and There Will Be Blood, which I have actually never seen. Oh, good one. Great. A rare instance of you've seen the movie and I haven't. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So if you guys are liking the show, please like, subscribe, and share. Um, Leave us a review. We'll mention it on the show. Uh, Follow us on social media. We're on pretty much every platform. Uh, Check out our YouTube and our TikTok for some different content. Um, I always say there's more coming, but yeah, there's going to be more coming sometimes. So just keep an eye on it (laughs) and come by next time. We're going to be talking about taxi driver. And until then, as always, be kind and rewind.